Hello everyone, it's Paul Newbegin here from the Past Podcast with some very exciting news. I am absolutely delighted that Series 5 of the Past Podcast is brought to you in partnership with our wonderful friends at Chefworks, who are our sponsors last time round as well, so it's great to have them back. And as you'll know, they are famous for outfitting chefs, kitchens and front of house all around the world. Chefworks offer a collection of great uniforms, so to check out their full range, you can visit chefworks.co.uk. Thank you again to Chefworks, and it's great to be back for Series 5 of The Past Podcast. Enjoy! Hello, friends of the podcast. I'm not using my normal recording equipment just right now, so the audio might sound a little bit different, but uh, I thought an intro should be an intro nonetheless. This episode is what you would call a oldie, but a goodie. Uh, This time, more or less last year, I met with Ollie Marlowe of Roganic. It's, like I said in the description, a longer than usual than I like to allow. Uh, There were various reasons behind this that I'm not going to bore you about, but... Here it is, and I'm really pleased with this one, and Ollie's a top chef. He now spends his time between Roganic in London and Hong Kong, um, because he's still working within the group and setting that up out there, and I know it's going really well. Uh, And I'd also like to shout out listener and friend of the show, Harry Guy, who also works within the Rogan group, who helped assist on this episode, setting it up, and has been in touch since. So maybe he'll be a guest as well at one point. I'm sure he's listening, thinking, hmm, that'll be nice. Right, see you soon. I kind of get the impression that your feet probably haven't touched the ground yet, right? Or your head hasn't really got your head around everything that's gone on recently. No, I mean, (laughs) ever since, I mean, last October from trying to open the restaurant to opening it to the struggles of opening a new restaurant I mean to now 10 months in with the star in the good food guides lots of happening lots of cool stuff going on and there's still just as many problems (laughs) (laughs) and lots um, not day to day issues but we're we're finally getting there and um, yeah we're all super happy with what we're doing and obviously with the response we get into the food and the service yes Hopefully, only positive times ahead. And it it all started really as a pop up, didn't it? Exactly. So uh, four years ago or five years ago, ish, I think, twenty twelve. Uh, on the same street, we had organic about four doors down, a lot smaller, um, almost very underground. If you like to say, one of the mm. first pop ups in in London, which quite mm. unheard of. And now there's pop ups. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Everyone's doing a pop-up on their day off, and it's <laughs> like, so that was, this is the cool thing now. Um, but Simon did it six years ago, um, and there's five of us in the kitchen, five upstairs, like max 28 covers, similar style of food, similar service, and you now it's such a success. I think Simon uh, thought he had to bring it back after Claridge's, mm. I think. Um, he loved it, and he still loves it. So what you were obviously involved from kind of ground zero with organic. Yeah, um, so I was a chef de party um, back at the original organic under Andy uh, Tomlinson, who went to Farrah, uh, and obviously Simon, and a lot of the team here today have worked at the previous organic with James Foster, who's the 
the head waiter Goose we call him or Jack <laughs> he's a sous chef now he was same back then and you now everyone sort of matured a lot more now and that's what I said mm. this organic is it's a it's the, the grown up version mm. the more mature more sensible sophisticated <laughs> organic because back then organic was a bit of a no holds bar so to speak and yeah now it's more controlled and grown so up. What, would, what was kind of like the brief from Simon when you kind of took on here and wanted to be a bit more of a permanent kind of fixture um, yeah so I mean obviously Simon's still really involved um, but the brief was bring a taste of Long Plume to London but don't copy Long Plume because mm. Long Plume is his baby it's we're, ne- well, we're never gonna get to this to levels of Long Plume well, we hope one day maybe but no, it's it's its own thing and mm. we want to be Rogani has to be its own restaurant have its own identity but bring the taste of Cumbria with the farm deliveries the style of food you know, the best of British produce really interact with the, with the guests I took the chefs upstairs and really like, all of Simon's restaurants have that sort of feel when mm. it's relaxed it's no you can walk in in shorts and t-shirt and sit down and have a 16 mm. course tasting menu everyone should feel at home um, and that's what we really try to do here mm. And if the food and the service is good, then it's, it's hopefully it's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and has is it, is it been kind of easy to achieve that, or has it been quite a lot of like conscious effort, almost looking at what they do and then trying to make it your own? Or I think because most of the team have worked with Simon right, over okay. the years, so you don't really have to think oh, about it. Right, okay. Um, is, yeah, all the team have worked with Simon at some stage, so naturally it, it just happens. Right, I think okay. if you try and think about it too much... Sometimes you know, things go wrong, and we mm. just have to be who we are and mm. have confidence. And obviously, Simon comes down, tastes all the dishes, does mm. service like three or four services a week. So obviously, he's got three restaurants, four restaurants, well, maybe five restaurants now. Mm. Um, so he spreads his time throughout the company, and you know, he works ridiculously hard. Yeah. Um, when he comes down, obviously, he gives his opinion. Um, yeah, and we go from there. So I should take a, take a minute to introduce you, and obviously there's going to be a lot to talk about, especially at the minute. So I've come down to London again, I'm in Roganic, and I'm with Ollie Marlowe. Do you prefer Ollie or Oliver? Yeah, Ollie's, Ollie's yeah, good, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I always get... I don't want to have trouble. Right, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Oliver is, is when you're in trouble, is it? Right, okay. I'm with Ollie Marlowe, um, and obviously, like I say, I should really start with a massive congratulations for the last couple of weeks. So Michelin Star was announced literally this last week. Um, and obviously you placed really, really highly in the Good Food Guide as well. So it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind as we were yeah. discussing. Did it when they announced it at the event? Were you like, did you kind of wish Simon was there because he was away, right? No, if, well, if Simon was there, I wouldn't get to go on stage. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you wanted your moment. <laughs> no. Yes. Obviously. You no. Know, super nervous. Obviously, you can never expect to get a star. Yeah. But obviously, all chefs will tell you work towards the accolade. Well, you want to keep the customers happy, mm. but at the end of the day, being a chef, you want the accolades to. Mm. It's almost like a pass on the back. Yeah. Um, and to get it, it was you know, it makes you feel a lot better about yourself, yeah. and things do get easier on the back of that because yeah. you know, busier restaurant, you, know, you have a happy boss. Like you can, <laughs> it almost gives you a little bit of freedom, but it's yeah. space to breathe. Yeah. So we're no, so so happy. Does it yeah. does it feel really like still really new? Yeah, oh, still, yeah, still very new. I mean, every person who comes through the door congratulates yeah, you, yeah. Um, and you'll never get never get tired of it. Well, yeah, yeah. you're glowing <laughs> yeah. at the minute. You're still going, yeah. Hopefully, it's the same next year. We retain the staff. We will keep keep congratulating us. But was your phone like red hot 
for yeah, the next yeah, like, couple just, of days. Yeah, it's gone down. Yeah, I mean Simon lost his phone, so <laughs> he's uh, he's probably done the best thing. What was what was his response? Because obviously, being at Longclume, you know, he's had two starts for ages, but then both of two of his kind of high-profile restaurants, you were one after the other, wasn't it? Because Rogan and Cobalt won, then they announced you next. Yeah. So he must have been like, wow, this is like yeah. my year almost, or our yeah. year. I mean, I think there's probably only him and Heston, I might be wrong now, that have three restaurants with a star or more. Mm. I'm probably completely wrong, but I mean, that in itself is a massive achievement, and he's, no, he's definitely aware of what he's doing, and he's very happy, and he supports the team, and that's one thing he's very good at, is keeping good members of the team in his company mm. and keeping them happy and if they do go away he always makes sure they come back mm. it's just very um, unlike most chefs mm. like most chefs you leave that's it you very rarely say hello or a text yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's always very good at making people feel happy and that's probably I think his biggest biggest mm. uh, weapon is keeping people happy and it's not easy to keep chefs happy mm. <laughs> so tell, tell me a little bit about your background where were you kind of before here and a bit of your kind of story so when I was 15 I knew I wanted to become a chef so I really upset my mum I worked in a local pub after school and she'd come drag me out of the kitchen at like 10 o'clock when my GCSEs were going on and she wasn't happy she's a teacher <laughs> um, then I did my apprenticeship at a hotel called the Tutin Glen um, which is an amazing country house hotel in the South of England, um, in Hampshire. I was there for about five years, learning my trade, doing all the basics and learning how to cut sandwiches and the buffet and to soups and you, know, you work your way up to the a la carte kitchen. And then I did a stint at Roganic for a year. Um, did a few stages in between, um, stage at the Fat Duck nice. for a month and realised, that's when I really realised, like, what am I doing in my life? Like, I need to crack on because... Yeah. I don't want to be cutting sandwiches anymore. I don't want yeah. to um, like step your game up. Exactly, step your yeah. game up. Like you realise this is not, this is what I want to do. So let's just give everything. Mm. Then I went to America. Uh, I went to work at Madison Park for mm. a year. Um, had a J one visa, which was really cool. It's almost nice having one year visa because you can leave it. You don't feel bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't got to hand your notice in. You just get to go. Yeah, just see ya. Um, then went to work at Maimo in Norway. Oh, okay. So you've gone around the block, which is really cool. Big stars. Um, yeah, working with him was a real eye opener. Never met anyone so <laughs> intense and dedicated to what he does, and massive respect to him. Yeah. Um, and then decided to come out to England. Went to work at the Fat Duck uh, for a few years. And then, yes, got the call from Simon, and here we are today. Mm. Um, There's quite a lot of, like, big names, like, big name chefs. So was that, was that like, a conscious decision, like, almost, like, trying to learn from the best? Yeah, I've always wanted to work with the best people. I think you'd be silly not to. Um, and I've always made a conscious effort to do something very different to what I've done before, whether it's country house hotel, uh, doing classic French food, if you like, to working for Simon for the first time, doing very natural, very light British ingredients like no chocolate, no things like that. I remember one of the first times I stepped into the first organic kitchen. I'd just eaten at Noma, and I must have been about eighteen and very young and immature. And Simon said to me, "What do you think of the meal?" I said, "Ah, oh, it's great, but I wanted some chocolate for dessert." <laughs> and because you, know, you don't really appreciate styles of food, and now looking back at that, I fuck that's such an amazing meal. <laughs> and like the amount of respect that around. could have been the end of With, yours and yeah, Simon's relationship and obviously Simon's not serving chocolate fondants on the <laughs> on the menu and yeah the amount of respect these chefs have for their style of food and how they mm. go about it and you know, it's only something you actually 
respect when you grow up as a chef and come to appreciate what people are doing. Um, yeah, and obviously Daniel Holmes is very different to what Simon was, and then going to Miami mm-hmm. did another, another conscious effort to see the Scandinavian sort of vibe. Yeah, um, and I forgot I spent a year in Australia as well, in there as well, which I forgot about. Um, yeah, and you're only young. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but that was more for having fun and travelling. Right, okay. <laughs> so you've been you've been around the blocks yeah. and kind of settled in London, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, I mean London is my home. I grew up the first well, ten years of my life in Ealing, um, and then moved down south. But I think London is home. There's so much going on, mm. and as a chef, as a diner. Yeah, there's so many restaurants and so many great restaurants and diversity in, in London which is I'm still trying to work out how just how to get around the people that I've interviewed let alone the people that I yeah. haven't in London it's crazy yeah it's, um, it's definitely a special place and compared to other big cities there's nothing quite like it mm. um, London offers a lot um, to chefs which is cool so I've asked you today to come up with five dishes that you really like or that shape your career or something. How have you gone about it? Because you did text me the other night yeah. trying to obviously thinking about it. So were you going through it in your head? Well, I, was or? Listen, I was listening to the podcast before and some people have gone down the route of five dishes they've done themselves and other yeah. people, dishes they've eaten. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably pick five dishes that I've not actually cooked because I'm quite... I'm always very uh, critical of my own food and don't <laughs> normally like it. Um, See, so yeah, the first one I think most people can relate to, um, chef or no chef, is definitely going to be your mum's Sunday roast. Right, yeah. It's the whole feeling of going home, like sat there on a Sunday on the sofa, your mum's in the kitchen cooking, you can smell it. Now, mm. you, it might not be the best food, but it's what you've been brought up on. And it's for me, food is all about feeling um, and making you go to that special place if you're relaxed and and I think the journey of that whole Sunday has got to be number one yeah so what you said to, to me earlier that you um, you knew from a young age that you wanted to be a chef so what where did that come from especially if your mum you sound like you were shocked or yeah, no my mum's definitely an amazing cook 100% better cook than me she just dresses <laughs> she just dresses if it's more than six people um, but my mum my mum actually always told me the reason you're a chef is because you like to prove people wrong mm. and she remembers like one parents evening at school I would have been about 13 mid food tech and the teacher said Ollie will never become a chef because he just can't stay focused in class it's like I can't remember this but my mum says that is why you're a chef because she probably didn't like her <laughs> or, <laughs> and he wanted to prove a point she didn't yeah. like you yeah probably, probably that more <laughs> have you, have you um, felt like trying to dig out that teacher and send a copy of your no I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that no I'm too nice for that <laughs> but no plus I mean I love cooking mm. I love eating more um, definitely got a sweet tooth so and you know everywhere you've kind of been have you been taking inspiration from the different places that you just mentioned to kind of build up your style because you were talking about Simon's style but I remember you said at the Michelin announce you know he did say to you kind of do your own thing to a certain extent so obviously I have to be respectful to him as it is it's his money his restaurant his name if I start doing my own I mean I'd like to think this is not my style of food I don't really know what my style of food is just yet probably I think you only probably really work out what your style of food is is when if you have your own restaurant and you just completely zone out I mean it's kind of hard now I think with the whole social media Mm. people eating out easy to travel Mm. it's very easy to copy and sometimes you can copy without even knowing you're Mm. copying Um, 
like Instagram Honestly, it's so hard and yeah. you're trying to think you're saying and everyone's everything's been done and you see a picture and it's like well I could take that or I could do this and but I think you know, gradually this is the sort of food I want to cook mm. and I think naturally hopefully through the years my style of food will hopefully come and show out have you had to kind of think in your head and kind of go this is how we're going to separate ourselves from the kind of rest of the group um, well, I've never actually worked at Long Clean. Right, okay, so that's... Um, so I, I can't pull dishes straight from them because I've never actually mm. made them. Obviously, I've tasted it and eaten there a few times, and, of course, it's stunning, and they have yeah. amazing dishes, which we would happily put on the menu here. But I think it'd be yeah. not silly, but for us to grow as a team, we've got so many amazing chefs here, it would be silly not to come up with our own ideas. And if they're not great, then we start again. Um, yeah, and the, obviously this is the first time I've been in here. And just looking at the dining room, there's something very like London about yeah. it. It's a bit trendy kind of thing. So that's obviously separates you and kind of probably gives you free reign a little bit. Yeah, more. it's definitely more stripped back. I've got concrete floors, concrete walls, leather sofas. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's almost like a '60s vibe. I think <laughs> Simon was going for. Um, and like I said the style of food that we're doing is quite simple but big in flavours and almost sort of fits into this sort of restaurant well I want you to talk about some of your dishes but I also want to talk about the dishes that you've chosen which you've said aren't yeah. yours so let's have your second dish um, so dish number two is probably the dish that made me think why I need to become a chef mm. um, when I was probably 18, 19 I ate the fat duck and the egg and, egg, egg and bacon ice cream I was sat there and thinking, how is this even possible? And it made me get back on that train down to Hampshire and think, I need to, one, I need to work with Fat Duck, and two, I need to go and experience bigger kitchens, better kitchens, mm. and really, like, evaluate my own life. Mm. Um, and there's very few dishes, or very few chefs have different dishes that change lives. Mm. I think Heston was very lucky that he had probably two or three dishes, maybe more, that have changed people's lives whether it's like the sounds of the sea or yeah. the snail yeah. porridge the BFG yeah. and they're all incredible dishes they've almost changed the generation of chefs mm. um, and that dish when I ate it made me want to become a better person and a better chef and meeting Johnny Lake at the time mm. I still remember it to this day I really wanted to work for him but I knew I didn't want to go work straight away there because I think every chef should work their way up and learn mm learn their craft and there's too many chefs that can make make a, a sand or a, a foam but they can't make a tomato soup Yeah. so I wanted to do it the right way and work at a few of the restaurants and then go and work there down the line so is that something because obviously you must have young chefs coming to you now so you're almost going to be starting to become the next generation of giving that advice yeah. so is that something that you say to people you know we'll start at the beginning and yeah I think definitely I mean if you were to come here like at college no, luckily we're, well I wouldn't say luckily we're not at that level of the fact that we're on so we definitely have a lot more basic techniques and classical yeah. like, techniques and knife skills we can offer to train and obviously training is a massive part of any mm. kitchen and it's almost like your own duty like you've been trained so you have to give back to the next generation but as a young chef you should definitely choose every job wisely mm. and if you do and you are young if you're 16, 17 it's important to stay there for three or four years because mm. there's no point going to a restaurant doing six months on on the snack station or being a commie picking tarragon 
and then go to the next restaurant and start again at the bottom because you've almost wasted those six months mm-hmm. um, yeah I think we do a good job of training and we are we do get a few commies in and you have to bite your tongue sometimes and <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of it is it what's what's it because obviously I speak to a lot of people that have talk about the you know the shortages of chefs at certain levels and I know there is a problem in the industry is it different in London you know do you have a broth of people queuing up knocking on your door or do you still feel the same yeah we still get um, it's mo- mostly mostly like stagiaires from college and uh, commies coming straight out of college and but a lot of people are travelling as well so we get series from Italy Spain Argentina we got one yesterday um, and it's so easy to travel mm. so it's if they come from everywhere mm. but what will what will sort of do you think will make it so that they would succeed in a kitchen night here you know um, I think definitely determination um, you've got to want it if you don't want it then there's no point coming mm. because you can teach anyone to cook in time but if you're you'll be a shit hot cook but if you don't want to do it or you're lazy or you're arrogant you're going to piss off the wrong person mm. and after six months you'll be you'll be gone or if you're lazy people are going to not respect you and you're not going to be able to grow as a chef um, and there's so many different attributes you need to become a chef mm. and sometimes being a good cook is is the last part of the puzzle mm. because yeah, you need to be a good team player and actually have to be a nice person mm. if you're in a kitchen with someone for 18 hours I'd rather have someone who's a nice person yeah. who I have to help yeah, yeah, yeah. who's someone I hate looking at <laughs> who I don't like because it just it just winds you up <laughs> maybe someone's winding you up for 18 hours yeah it's just come on well it, I mean obviously it's such a cliche to say it is long old days yeah. and stuff like that like, I was really fortunate um, a couple of months ago that I took a break out of work for two months and did work in the street food um, and it just to me anyway it it was it's a longer day now that I'm back sat at a yeah. desk God, I hope my boss doesn't listen yeah. to this episode but it's a longer day now sat at a desk because there's all you know. You're always on your feet. You're engaging yeah. with people, so it's it's obviously just having that mentality, which hopefully I have, and obviously yeah. you have. I think there are very few chefs that have ever looked at the clock and said, "I wish the clock would hurry up." Yeah. If anything, you're saying, "I wish it'd bloody slow yeah. down," because I'm not ready. Yeah. Like I've I've never ever looked at the clock saying, "I wish it was home time," or like, every day at school I'd be like that, just mm. just watching the clock, watching the second hand go round. I hated it. They're here. They obviously every chef's tired when they go home, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You enjoy it, and if you're not tired in your days off, then you're doing something wrong because you're not working hard enough, really. And that's a horrible thing to say. And you know, the industry is changing. I mean, here we do three days off, four days on, mm. so you do get that one day to sleep, <laughs> and then you get two days to enjoy yourself. Nice. Um, and I think that's a fair way of doing yeah. it. Um, okay, you start eight, finish at half twelve, but four days is mm. it's definitely achievable yeah and I think work life balance is something a lot of chefs are talking about yeah. at the minute so it is something that you obviously kind of have to get right yeah yeah I mean again it comes back to keeping the chef happy and if the chef's not happy you can go next door to the next mm. mission star restaurant I mean we have I think there's two one stars on this street oh really so I mean if someone's not happy then they're going to go yeah um, and then you've got to start the whole process of recruiting training mm finding the right person and it's a vicious cycle and I mean here we have like eight chefs and if any of them left I'd be so upset because they're just so good and it's then more hassle for me because yeah. you have to 
find someone as good if not better because you don't want to replace someone with mm. a worse chef that's not the way you want to do it in terms of your food then that you're serving here we'll come back to your menu in a minute but what is it that kind of keeps you happy you know when you're sending out a dish what you go oh yeah you know that I know you said you're yeah. kind of your own type no, of I mean, for me definitely the flavours if it's tasty I mean the way it looks doesn't really matter obviously that's, that's the last thought yeah um, but it has to be the flavour combination we've got two or three flavours that really really work keep it simple like five maybe four or five ingredients on a plate because mm-hmm. um, there's you know, a tasting menu here you can obviously have lunch menu or short tasting but mm-hmm. if you have the full experience it's about 12, 13 courses so you don't need to be putting 15 things on a plate yeah. um, it's not a la carte so a lot smaller and if it tastes good that's what we want like mm-hmm. classic flavours almost whether it's you know, beef and onion we've got on the menu at the moment and leeks you know, it's classic flavours but with a natural look mm-hmm. from the, obviously from our farm we get the leeks and the onions and so it's super fresh all the ingredients speak for themselves and then if it looks nice again it's a bonus because obviously again I was uh, she got very you know you get two minutes to talk to the lady presenting on Michelin and she said about getting stuff from from the farm and I know you said it can be a bit of a logistical nightmare so is it a bit of a yeah I mean they grow the most amazing produce like honestly I've never seen produce like it anywhere in the world and anyone who is in Cumbria should definitely go and see the farm mm. even if you're not eating a long plume just try and find out where it is and sneak feed <laughs> because everyone who goes is very like surprised at how mm. big it is because every chef now says oh we've got our own farm or we're yeah, growing yeah. our own flowers but they're actually generally doing it yeah. like they've got four farmers huge, and they're growing and growing and growing mm. like every time I see Simon it's oh yeah we just bought another polytunnel it's like fuck Simon like they've <laughs> 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 got like pigs chickens well, it's becoming out. quite trendy now, but he was yeah. one of the first ones yeah. that I was aware of that was really doing yeah. it and committing yeah, to I it. Yeah, I mean, Dan Cox, who's worked for Simon for years, he, I think, first started up with Simon on the farm. And I remember five years ago going there, and it was one shed with a few flowers in it. And then when I rejoined the team last year, I went up there, and it was like two fields. Mm. Um, and it is all full of amazing produce, mm. but getting it down here... It's a nightmare because mm. all the couriers, yeah. they're lazy or they roll it down the <laughs> stairs, they damage it, or they just forget to deliver it or deliver it next door. But yeah, TV, TV. When it's here, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when it finally but gets here. But sometimes Simon brings. If he comes on the train, he'll bring a suitcase down full of. <laughs> And it's, that's always a funny thing when Simon unpacks his suitcase. It's like soil falls out. He's got 24 kilos of carrots. <laughs> let's, uh, let's have your third dish. Um, so third dish would be one of uh, Simon's dishes. It has to be the grilled salad, um, truffle custards. Um, obviously, when I saw Simon on Great British Menu um, back in the day, in 2011, I believe, and just seeing his approach to foods, mm. it was definitely one of the first chefs in this country, I think, to do that. Mm. Using almost doing classic British food, almost modern British food, with the best of English ingredients and the amount of respect he has for the vegetables, mm. letting them speak for themselves, and it is super tasty. Um, and we do have it on the menu here, uh, organic, because I think it's important to stick to, you know, bring some of the old organic dishes back and. Mm. Obviously, it's Simon's restaurant. Have his some of his dishes on the menu. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all his dishes. It's his restaurant, but no, that really stands out as a Simon Rogan dish, mm-hmm. and it's so tasty. But there's nothing really luxurious, or there's no like beef on there, or like fried rice, just kales, vegetables from the farm. It's so respectful, and 
so delicious. But as, but as we were saying, you said something quite interesting there, and as we were saying before we went live, my focus is on, obviously, you, this is yeah. your episode, and the idea was almost to find a kind of big-name chef and then find the people that are making it happen day-to-day. So there is a lot of importance on you. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely, like, the dishes I'll come up with, so I will taste them, but... No, you got to be respectful. I'm quite a respectful person, I think. Um, quite humble, um, and obviously he's not here ten services a week, and he might come in one day a week sometimes. So he might not be here if he's got other ventures going around the world. Um, but he's always there on the end of the phone, and obviously he knows. I think he's quite happy with what. Hopefully, he's quite happy with what we're doing. He trusts us, and he doesn't feel the need to text me every two minutes saying. How's it going? What's going on? He will leave us to it. Well, surely the results yeah. speak for themselves, exactly. right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. How, how, how long have you been open? Yeah, about for ten months. Right, um, and then you're how high in the yeah. good food guys? Yeah, I mean, of course, but <laughs> and you've just got a Michelin. He's going to listen to this as well, so I, <laughs> yeah. Got, I can't. Yeah, but you've yeah. got to back yourself. Yeah, a of course, bit. yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always backed myself. I've always, when Simon says to be the head chef here, I'm not the person to say, "Oh, can I do it? Can I do it?" It's like, mm. you're not going to fucking do it, and mm. I'll make myself do it. Mm. It might be a bit. Had a few few funky weeks, but it's no. Yeah, I've always backed myself in whatever I've done, and no. Hopefully, like with yourself here, now some people do come in and say, "Oh, he's the head chef, and what you're doing is amazing." But no, it's a, it's a whole team effort. Like the yeah. sous chefs, they it's just as much theirs as it is mine, or so. no, yeah, I completely yeah. get that. And funny enough, yeah. I, I noticed that on the um, on the guide launch, I watch it every single yeah. year, and pretty much every single person that went up. We're saying it's the team. Yeah. The team deserve this. Yeah, of so. course. Like, there's no way like I, anyone could do this by themselves. And if one person's off sick or one person walks out or one person, the whole thing just shuts down. The whole thing. So yeah, it's like and, kind of part of the puzzle. And even it? if the guest doesn't notice it, for example, like if we have to take a snack off because we're doing the shit, or if you know someone's forgot to put the cutlery down, or the wine's been served after the food's gone down. You know, the guests might not notice it, but it's killing the inside of of the chef or the major deal, whoever yeah. it is. And again, yeah, because you whole, have a kind of minimum yeah. level that you expect. Exactly, we all want to go in the direction. Obviously, working at, at other restaurants like the Fat Duck and Love Madison Park and Mano, you, you get used to the standard of every day. It's like nothing below this level is acceptable. And obviously, when you open a new restaurant, you have to let the company grow let the chefs grow I've got to grow as a chef and mm. Simon's been great for that like you said like letting me mm. grow as a chef and it's very important because you don't really get the opportunity to be a head chef and mm. write a menu and mm. choose like shows of staff write the menu and, and obviously when something's wrong he'll help out but you don't get that opportunity normally unless you pile in a load of your own money yeah. so and that, has it been one of those now that as soon as obviously things like that get announced people like myself want to interview yeah. you want to speak I to mean, you people have like people like Johnny Lake from the X Factor text me and says oh, congratulations what you're doing is amazing and it means it means the world mm-hmm. like yourself here and those people coming and texting me saying no what you're doing is amazing which is really like a bit of a shock really like having people congratulate me for saying we've done like I said as a team we've done yeah. and we've achieved and you know, we still we haven't even, I would like to think we haven't even started yet yeah. like there's so many well like you say 10 months in yeah like I told Simon the other day on the phone it's like we haven't even started it's like 
for me it's like no it's very for me we start on Tuesday like we go again and that is like the minimum yeah from now on yeah that's like the minimum yeah that's it standard that's it and like I said any good restaurant (laughs) any good restaurant is the same like every day you have to be better than the day before yeah otherwise you're getting worse you're just picking that up so we'll pick up and we'll carry on with your fourth your fourth dish that you've put on your menu um, so this is probably with you um, it's a dish I've never actually tried right okay and very few people have tried because um, it's a dish that was taken off the menu mid-service um, so Espen Espen Bang at Momo one of the most intense people <laughs> greatest chefs honestly I've ever met and anyone who wants to go and work there should definitely should do it because it's definitely an eye opener and it was my second week uh, at the restaurant and there's this carrot dish on carrot and curds and I thought it looked stunning it looked amazing plating up and halfway through service he slammed it down and says we're not doing it anymore <laughs> it's coming off the menu no one else gets it got the restaurant manager up changed the menus and everyone's panicking and inside mid- middle of service so half the guests had it the other right. half didn't <laughs> and for me it was just a sign of many things like like if you don't agree with something mm. don't do it um, a sign of power like it's his restaurant mm. he's not that's what he wants but pretty much like yeah. um, it's my restaurant it's my name above the door it's a reputation of me um, and I think it takes a bold person to do something like that yeah um, and no I think that's a rule or a lesson I took mm. from that if you're not happy with something don't serve it yeah if you don't agree with something don't do it because normally it's wrong and he felt better I believe after that <laughs> and the kitchen definitely got less shit after that did you hear um, on the podcast Sean Rest did a, a from Black Swan yeah. did a yeah. thing at MIMO and he said something very similar crazy guy really yeah. intense but yeah um, like that guy got three stars in I think four years the youngest three star chef yeah. in the world and I've never met anyone so dedicated to the cause mm. um, yeah and I think working for him I went from, I was a boy when I worked there after mm. I was a chef to party and left as a sous yeah. chef and he again let me trust me with his restaurant, mm. doing the ordering, doing the service when he wasn't there, and now I've got massive respect for him. And it is definitely probably the best meal I've had. So I ate this four months ago. Mm. I never thought I'd beat the fat duck when I first ate when I was eighteen, but eating there six months ago and was like fucking hell. Everything is just so tasty, yeah. so tasty, and you can feel the passion from the kitchen. Mm. You know, everything about it is so warm and. Like you just want to stay there. Yeah, <laughs> or sleep on the floor. So you, so you're in the same camp as me then, eating out as a hobby. You go and yeah. in mean, your spare time. I think I definitely eat out less now. Obviously, you spend all day, I spend all day cooking and yeah. all the stress and yeah. hassle and dramas that go on in the restaurant. Sometimes I just want to get a curry on the weekend, and it's, it's very rare that I go out for a meal that I'm looking forward to. Like for example, I'm going to eat a core next month. Oh, I'm yeah. really Amazing. looking for so. Yeah. So looking forward that's to like it. Really high on my list, um, and that's probably the first meal I've booked. And I thought, you know, I can't wait to go and eat yeah, there yeah, because yeah. I've seen and heard, and I just know it's going to be incredible. Yeah. So that it's, I don't think it's important to eat out every now and again, just mm. to sort of you, know, you can you can judge what you're doing as a chef, mm. as a restaurant, and compare 
maybe just sometimes the style of food is probably completely different but you can pick up one or two things and maybe that the flowers are amazing outside the restaurant it's like fucking hell why ours why ours not looking like that or you know the tea lights different brand of tea light on the table <laughs> but it's all the small things it's like when we first opened it's like fucking hell why is this on the table yeah um it's kind of yeah. learning what where everything has a place. Yeah, it's, all the, it's all the small details that make... You know, if someone has a bad meal, you can sometimes pull it back with all the small details. Mm. Go that extra mile. Um, and that's what I think eating out does. It mm. You really pick up, you analyse everything. I mean, when you get chefs in the restaurant, it's the worst because you know they're going to be so critical. And never ask a chef what they think because, yeah, it's, all, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Because in the head, you know they're thinking something different. Yeah. Um, well, I was I I eat the wrong way round, so I have fork in my right hand and knife yeah. in my left hand, so I'm cock-handed. <laughs> and I have a bit of a kind of thing in my head, so I obviously don't mention it, but have a thing of like level of service that if they notice yeah, and then lay it the other way around for yeah. me, like that's kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, it's all, all it's so all it's the small things. Little, yeah. And no, I mean in America, that's the one thing I love about America. Obviously, there's so many amazing restaurants, mm. um, and it's something that we can take from this country. Um, being a server or a waitress or waiter or it's, it's a profession mm. um, and you get paid good money if you're a head waiter like you're making top money mm. in this country like if you want to become a chef or a waitress I was like oh why do you want to do that mm. yeah, yeah 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 so it's like the first time I told my mum and my dad do you want to be a chef so it's the shit money or mm. long hours you're not going to enjoy it it's not fun or it's not I want you to become a doctor well they're not saying that but they're thinking it like, yeah 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 you know, all this year school and I'm a teacher why don't you become a something else in your team when become a chef like people don't really appreciate it mm. or like for me there's no there's chefs coming through there's no waiters or waitresses coming through no really? front of house nothing and it's such a shame because now you can travel okay the money at first is not good but mm. a good restaurant manager is priceless and you can make good money at that job and not many people Obviously, you never do this industry for the money, mm. but you know, people don't judge that as a profession, and it's such a shame because it's a massive skill. A lot of people have said that to me, actually, like, and it's yeah. funny, isn't it? Like, because yeah. it is such a—it's almost like you have to kind of get to where you are now for people to be like, "Oh, you should have." Yeah. yeah, you were right to kind of be a. Chef. And you can go out if I go out for a meal, and the food's pretty poor, but the waitress or the waiter is amazing. Mm. They can make your stay enjoyable. Mm. They can make you feel at home, at ease, and vice versa. You can have a great meal, but if someone's at your table tr- trying to flog you a bottle of champagne for a thousand pounds, which you clearly don't want, yeah, yeah. or they're not clear on your plates, or not topping your water up, or not, not even smiling. I mean, smiling apparently it's not a given anymore. Apparently, you've got to pay someone extra to smile, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is only a smile goes a long way. Like, mm. if like someone comes to your table, they've got a massive smile on their face. Then you automatically feel better. Mm. It's the same though you get on the bus or get in a taxi if the, if the guy's smiling. I got an Uber this morning, the guy's smiling and singing along to Smooth FM. It made, <laughs> it made me, it, it made, it made, it made my day feel better. Yeah. Like, and it's the same in the restaurant. If you walk in and someone's got a massive smile, and like, that's one thing I remember later on Clune. I walked in the restaurant and the, the, oh. restaurant, the guy, the guy sh- uh, shook my hand and they shook every guest's hand. Yeah. It's like, that's one thing. Like, wow, like, that's a nice touch. Yeah to shake the guest's hand it's almost like welcome and mm. come on in uh, we, we both um, 
my partner's favourite UK restaurant is Long Plume. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know, I shouldn't probably say it's my second. That sounds. That sounds really harsh to one? say. Do you know what my favourite? Honestly, and people immediately contest it, but I always say Raby Hunt was nice. my favourite because we went just as he won two stars. Yeah. So it was just kind of like the, the energy. Yeah, it was like just kind of like the right time yeah. and place. But Long Clue was really, really yeah. close second. Yeah. Um, and we both, the service was just yeah. impeccable. And that's again, you can feel the energy in a restaurant. Yeah. If you go into a restaurant and people aren't happy and you put, put a fake smile on, yeah. as a guest, you can, you can smell it, you can taste it. Yeah, yeah. Like I know it's a weird thing to say, but you can, it oh, really affects the meal. If, you, if the energy in the room is crap, mm. The meal's going to be shit. Especially like, when the people that you cater into are probably really foodies and do this yeah, sort of thing exactly. a lot. And, and yeah, it's obviously a very big mixture of people that come out to eat. You get, I mean, probably I would say people very privileged. You come here, they don't really want much attention. They want to eat their dinner. They probably eat out at three restaurants a week. And then people that come here who've you know, saved up a lot of money. There's well, a lot of money to come. Save so a lot of money to come here, and it's it's a once in a year meal. Mm. Normally people go out to this sort of restaurant more than once a year, and it might be a birthday, an anniversary, and you really have to make sure Mm. every single guest is like in love with it and Mm. make them feel special and unique because that's it's our job and that's what we want to do. And no matter who it is, you want to make sure they're happy and have a taste of what you do and. Yeah. Can, can one get a table here at the minute or is it, yeah, is I mean, it hotly contested yeah I mean weekends I mean it's been so nice having that big jump in bookings yeah. obviously after the start and a good food yeah. guide and um, which I think any most restaurants needs yeah like I'm, like, I'm on the table now I might just sit here and be like move me if you want I mean, especially <laughs> to stay in, I mean in this in the modern climate in the climate at the moment with yeah. I know a lot of restaurants who are like I mean the whole what the fuck's going to happen next sort of mm-hmm. thing with you know, prices of food like every day mm-hmm. you order butter it's like £60 £65 mm-hmm. £68 and fucking hell like should we just stop using butter like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, everything's going up in price and people you know rightly worried whether mm-hmm. it's in any industry and having the star really mm-hmm. really helps and mm-hmm. no, I think we just have to keep doing what we do and as Simon said he was never worried the one person that was never worried it's like Simon's like yeah we're going to be fine like I mean 10 months in we were a star and he said yeah, we're going to smash it people will start coming and you've know, got to believe in what you I mean that's what you have to believe in what you do because mm. if you don't believe in what you do then mm. you're doing something that's wrong like I said to the guy on the sauce last night amazing chef wicked person always got a smile on his face like Timmy why are you not smiling he said oh I'm you know, starting to doubt myself like never as a chef, never doubt yourself. Because the minute you doubt yourself, you're going to start making mistakes. Yeah. Or yeah, com- cooking is all about confidence. Mm. And if you're at home cooking dinner for four people or cooking in a hundred dollar restaurant, you've got to be confident as a mm. chef. Because if someone's not confident, and I'm turning around, or the chef's turning around, and they see someone nervous, mm. it makes them nervous. And then the t- yeah. it goes up to the whole thing, have a tension in the room, and then. Yeah. people start panicking and there's mistakes and well it's, yeah. it's funny because obviously um, I was messaging a guy a friend a chef friend and said to him what I was doing in the street food and he went have you have you lost your head yet <laughs> and I said do you know what the first time the other night and it was a lot I just lost it like and my head just went Spinning. yeah 100% yeah. but the only way of getting through it is just Reason. backing yourself in it and just getting down Reason. to the ground. restart and obviously everyone everyone needs help like no one there's no super 
Superman or Superwoman in the kitchen yeah. and there will be times and we've all been there when you're like something's gone wrong or you've just snowed under and then that's the job of like the sous chef or the head chef to like realise like okay this guy's yeah, it's about to go peak. It's about to go peak. Tom, let's get in there. Yeah, um, and he said, if you're confident and you're working clean, if someone's working clean, yeah, then there's never. Yeah, you're looking over, it's clean, no issue. You look over there, it's dirty spoon, salt everywhere, and yeah. rubbish. Like yeah. right now, like what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you start looking, and then everyone starts getting nervous. Yeah. But yeah, do you have, as a, obviously as a head chef, do you have to kind of keep that standard yourself really high? Because obviously if you kind of were to go it might affect others no I mean I'm so lucky the, the two sous chefs of uh, Goose and Bowler they, I mean they keep the standards I mean right, obviously okay. we all keep the standards but yeah. I mean Goose that's probably I mean you talk to any chef who's ever worked with him he's definitely a special special right, chef okay. he's like always he's like military he, right, okay. he could join the army tomorrow and he'd fit right in right um, okay but I think, like I said, it's all about employment as well. Yeah, yeah. You employ the right people yeah, yeah. who you like, who have good, good uh, cooking mm. ability, and it yeah. makes well, my job's easy, really. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. have to turn up and, yeah, smile. <laughs> let's, have, uh, let's have your last dish. Um, so my last dish, it would probably have to be my mum's dish again, because I love her cooking again. Probably her spare ribs again. Probably my first child's memory of eating. Mm. Like thinking back, like that's the first dish I'm ever eating mm. is spare ribs, and it's so tasty. <laughs> she hasn't cooked it for me about ten years, so hopefully she listens to this and <laughs> makes it again. And it's, yeah, in, it's a direct it come out of one of those. She's got like the old Sainsbury's cookbooks, like the old. They must have come out in 1990, um, and they're honestly incredible recipes. Like I remember, there's profiteroles in that book she makes at Christmas and the spare ribs it's like in that page like it's completely sticky there's so much honey and <laughs> like HP sauce and the recipe just like all pages are stuck together but it's the most delicious thing and if anyone's got that Sainsbury's cookbook or you should buy it on eBay from like, I think it came out like 1989 or something um, yeah, it's, it's not in your chef's library honestly <laughs> I think I made it once I took the recipe to work once and made it but it's it's so delicious yeah. So if we were if we were to have a, a specials board of your five dishes and you had to pick one which would be your favourite, which which would you pick? Uh, spare ribs. Yeah. yeah. So okay. First childhood memory. Right. Okay. Plus, I couldn't put the, some of the dishes on, so I wouldn't have to make them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially that carrot <laughs> yeah. dish. Yeah, you wouldn't have any yeah. chance. I wouldn't be in the kitchen though. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I just I just I suppose I should. I, got to wrap you up and thank you so much for your, your time um, but obviously again finish on a massive congratulations for the, the last 10 months and I really look forward to the future yeah, thank you very much and uh, hopefully we'll um, have you come to eat with us at some stage Me? I mean don't and, worry um, I'll, I'll be I look forward to listening to it like I say if I, if I can get a table I'll yeah, be, I'll be in fine, yeah. right, always, always fine to you <laughs> alright that's cool then. well yeah I've got a direct contact <laughs> now so I'll be happy cheers mate thank you very much Thanks again to our fantastic series partners, ChefWorks. Check them out on social media. Just search at ChefWorks UK in Ireland on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Hashtag ChefWorks wearer if you wear ChefWorks and you want to feature 
or get in touch with us and maybe you can appear as a chef of the month. Now that would be really cool to see a chefy listener of the past feature as a chef works where of the month. That would be really cool. You can get in touch with me on Twitter as well at the past pod. Uh, I am also the underscore past underscore podcast on Instagram. Or you could email me with stories of best dining experiences, perhaps celebrities in restaurants is always fun. Uh, I'm at Paul at the past podcast And perhaps I will grovel with Chef Works for an apron for our best email that gets read out on the show. That would be cool. You could have your own apron, Chef Works apron. That would be really lovely to see somebody in that. Uh, you can take a nice picture for us. Cheers, guys, and uh, we will see you next time around on the Past Podcast. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs>